0: Hi, and thank you for joining me for episode number three. Are you struggling with forgiveness after the death of your child? Well, that is the first topic we are tackling on this podcast, and today we are going to specifically address forgiving those who have hurt us in the grieving process, if you are listening to this podcast the week it airs, I know I don't have to remind you that this week is Mother's Day. It is usually heavy on our hearts, and it's one of the worst days of the year for us moms, especially those who lost their only child. I wanna start out by saying it's okay to be in turmoil about Mother's Day. And for those of us who have other children, it can feel like it is ripping us in two because we just don't wanna celebrate but we know our children want to honor us and make the day special for us in some way. I, myself, a lot of times, I will start my day out with a good cry. I lean into my grief of missing Becca. She was my firstborn. She was the one who made me a mom. And usually, when I allow myself to feel the depth of my loss, it's kind of like it empties me to be able to receive the love of my other children the rest of the day. And maybe you can't do that because you know that if you start your day out with a good cry, you won't be able to stop and you'll have to stay behind a closed door all day. And if that's the case, I suggest that you tell yourself that when the day is over, you're going to close yourself in the bathroom and either take a nice long shower or soak in the tub and just let the tears run. Knowing you have planned for it, can help you sort of put it on the shelf for the day knowing that you're going to be able to take it down later and you're going to lean into your grief when the day is over for those of you who have other children i want to give you a word of caution almost two years into my grief my other daughter came to me and told me that she thought that I believed the wrong one died. I was stunned when she told me this. It just, it shocked me. And I found out that it's pretty typical that the siblings will feel that way because they interpret our grief and our unable to, being able to function and just the way uh, we are because it hurts us so deeply that they interpret that as we wish one of the other kids died and we know that is so not true and so it's just something that i want you to be aware of especially with mother's day coming up i know i know it is so hard it is such a hard day but i just want to make sure that you are aware that if you close yourself off for the day and you don't give your other children an opportunity to celebrate that you are their mom. You weren't just the mom of your child that died. You are their mom as well. So I just don't want you to find yourself in the same place I found myself in and having your children think these false things and being hurt by things that aren't true. If you are like me, you've been surprised, even shocked, at some of the effects your grief has had on people around you, you know, not just our siblings that I just shared, our other children, but our friends, our coworkers, other family members, uh, parents, even pastors and clergy. I don't think there is a grieving parent who hasn't been surprised by some of the people they used to be very close to who are no longer a part of their lives. Many of us have had people unfollow or unfriend us on Facebook after our child died. There may be people you thought would be there for you, but they don't call, they don't contact you in any way, and when you make a feeble attempt to reach out to them, they either respond in a way that's very awkward or they don't respond at all. And in our time of pain and fog, it can cause even more pain, as if that's possible to have friends and family members pull away from us. It's like rubbing salt in our already gaping, wound. These actions of others cause many grieving parents to isolate ourselves even more than we do already. There are so many reasons given for our friends and family reacting this way and pulling away from us. The one I've heard most often is that being around us creates a fear in them that they could lose one of their own children. And so to ease their own pain or fear of that thought, they shut us out often without even realizing it. Because if my friend or, you know, you have lost your child, that's just too close. I I, It scares me that I could lose mine. And so they just shut us off. Another reason is that they don't know what to say or what to do. And so to avoid the risk of hurting us, saying or doing the wrong thing, they decide it's better to just stay away and be silent. They don't want to be around us. Being sad all the time is another reason. It brings them down. So they don't want to be brought down by our sadness. My question is, does it really matter why they no longer want to be a part of our lives? Would knowing their reason truly make us feel better? And what if their reason doesn't make any sense to us? Are we going to argue that excuse out of them? Do you really have the energy to try to help them understand how much you need them right now? I sure don't. So the best thing we can do is to forgive them and just let it go. I won't sing the song, okay, (laughs) but let it go. In doing that, we release ourselves to begin to heal from this wound of our friends and our family. And they did not intentionally give us these wounds. They are not intentionally causing us pain. And we have to realize that. And one of the things is... I certainly didn't know what this world was like, being a bereaved and a grieving parent. So if I didn't know, and it makes me wonder if I said stupid things or hurtful things to people in my past, I guess, in that sense, how would I expect them to know? Because unless you have been in our place, you don't know what it's like, do you? Have you heard the saying that unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die? It's very true. Unforgiveness doesn't hurt the other person. It hurts you. And it's almost like you, part of you, even more of you, is dying inside. And unforgiveness keeps you chained to that person. It keeps you connected to them. Why would you want to stay connected to someone who has hurt you? So stop dragging yourself through the emotional mud and release yourself from being chained to that person by forgiving them for how they have hurt you. Now, that does not mean that you have to pick the relationship back up. It doesn't mean that you need to try to connect with them, be friends with them, whatever the situation is. But you just need to release yourself by forgiving them because it releases you. I want to share with you some of the personal, I call them domino effects, that were almost as shocking to me as Becca's death. When I say domino effects, I mean like a chain of events, like you hit one domino and it makes a whole bunch of them fall over. That's what I'm talking about, a chain of events when Becca died that was just shocking to me at a time when our family was very fragile and vulnerable from becca's death i had started going to a different church fellowship and my new pastor and his wife decided that something was deeply wrong with me that went beyond the grief of losing my oldest child now i will give them the benefit of the doubt and say they just had no idea how to deal with the depth of the grief when your child has died but the more I submitted myself to them and what they thought I needed for help, the further I went into depression and darkness, and the grief became even heavier. The darkness became blacker. The oppression was suffocating. I cannot even begin to describe the place I found myself in, which I'm sure a lot of you know exactly what I'm talking about, probably all of you, And it was around that same time that I found out my daughter believed that I wish it was her who died instead of her sister, Becca. And as things escalated, our daughter hardly ever came home, not even to eat or to sleep. And this caused me to try even harder to get her back. And since it was obvious to everyone I was getting worse instead of better, my daughter moved out of our home and she actually moved in with this pastor and his family. And the pastor's wife sent me a text at one point that I was no longer welcome to come to this church anymore until I was ready to make things right and take responsibility for the division that I was causing. And there were some pretty serious false accusations that were a part of this. Because my husband. And my sons, I have three sons, strongly disagreed with the pastor, and they all defended me. Our daughter eventually broke off all communication with us, and I mean all. And there was even a Christmas where we didn't hear from her. She didn't come, and she lives right in town. I felt like I had lost both of my daughters. And my boys said the same thing. They felt like they lost both of their sisters. This went on for several months, including, like I said, not hearing from her over the holidays and family birthdays for a total of about three years. So, here the rest of us were now treasuring each other more deeply than we ever had before and desperately wanting her to be part of it, but instead we were cut out of her life. And I just want to share where we are with this now. She has come back to the family. We are very close now and I'm very thankful for that. Uh, All I could do was keep praying and praying and praying that God would restore this relationship and he has. And I readily admit though that this situation can still become a battle of forgiveness in my heart if I let myself go there. Now my relationship with my daughter was restored and to our family so I'm just being real and honest here. There are also those who say hurtful things to us like she's in a better place now. I actually had two women chase me down in a parking lot after I spoke at their church. My message was from pain to purpose and of course I shared other things along with having gone through the death of my daughter and they actually chased me down to the parking lot to say I just want to make sure that you remember that your daughter's in a better place now. And I had such a hard time. In my head, I give this sarcastic remark. Wow, thank you. I'm so glad you told me that. I didn't know that. I'm all better. Thank you for letting me know she's in a better place now. I'm, I'm all good now. No more pain, no more grief. Thank you, thank you. Like I said, that's in my head. <laughs> I actually used it to share with them that, yes, I knew that. But, you know, when they are talking to someone who's in grief, that really isn't a comforting thought in that deep, place of grief, because we want that person with us, right? And we know in our heads, they're in a better place. They're in heaven, they're with the Lord. But we want them here with us. So I just kind of turned that around and shared with them that that isn't really one of the most helpful things you can say to someone who's in deep grief. How about I know how you feel I lost my I hear this all the time from grieving parents, that they're it's being compared to someone else's grief who lost their grandparent who lost their cousin who lost you know, a, a spouse even. And I actually saw within that first, I don't know, a couple of years, someone had posted their cat died. And when their cat died, they felt like they'd lost a child. And I just like wanted to climb through the computer screen and choke somebody. I just, I was so mad, so mad. And at that point, my grief was raw enough where I jumped in on that. And I had all kinds of people attacking me. Uh, and telling me I needed to get help and yada yada so don't do that okay don't do what I did but the thing is people are trying to relate their deepest grief their deepest pain and they're trying to relate to our pain and so in that sense that's a that's a very kind thing to do even though it hurts right it hurts for them to try to compare their loss that is nowhere near the death of a child but anyway, it's, it's their way of trying to help us. But it can be hurtful, I know. How about when people say, at least you still have your other children? One of the things that we can think is, oh, really? So which one of your children do you want to live without? Right? Isn't that how we feel about that? How about when they say, you just need to move on and quit living in the past? I was actually told that by someone who's very close to me and I was shocked by that. I was angered by that, that they would think that I just need to quit living in the past and move on. How about the whole faith issue? Maybe someone thinks that God is punishing us for messing up, or that our child died because we didn't have enough faith in their healing, or we didn't have enough faith for their protection, or whatever it is, and that is absolutely crazy. It's so very wrong, and yes, I heard this whole not having enough faith thing when Becca had her cancer at three years old and had her leg amputated and went through nine months of chemo. We had people tell us that she went through that because we didn't have enough faith for her healing. What a horrible thing to tell a parent is that it's your fault your child died because your faith in God wasn't strong enough. It just it gets me so Upset when I hear that because it's so not true. One of my thoughts is so you're telling me that your faith is stronger than mine, or you didn't mess up as much as me because your children are still alive? Isn't that kind of what they're saying? It's just not right. And think about people would be falling down dead all over us, all around us, if God punished us by killing our children. That's not who God is. We all die that's part of living in this world. We live in a sinful, fallen world, and we are not exempt from tragedy. Nobody is exempt. As a matter of fact, I've heard a couple of parents that they realized instead of that whole, why me? The question became, why not me? What makes me think that I'm so much better than someone else that I shouldn't have to go through something like this? In the Bible, we are told over and over again that things are going to be hard. I believe it's John 16:33, where Jesus says, in this world, you will have tribulation. Why would we be told that he promises to make everything work out together for our good if there isn't anything bad? That verse doesn't even make sense then, does it? too many Christians treat God like a magic genie in a lamp. Like we can just rub this magic lamp, have God pop out and say, your wish is my command. What do you want? And then he'll do it for us. Just wave his magic wand and make things happen so that we never have to go through anything hard, anything difficult, anything painful in this life. God is not a golden ticket to a good and perfect life with nothing bad ever happening. This is a huge subject that maybe we'll tackle in some other podcast series. But it's just really important to know that this whole thing about, especially when people come to us and try to tell us that we're the ones at fault for this because of our faith or lack of faith or whatever it is, that it's just not true. That's a whole nother group of people that we need to forgive, right? Another common domino effect is that many of us whose child was older and married with children find ourselves pushed out of the lives of our grandchildren and it is so painful. I won't go into the details, but it did happen to us and we didn't get to see our granddaughter for almost a year, Becca's daughter. Talk about having a hard time forgiving. Things are better now, we do get to see her now, things have been repaired, but Fortunately for us, it was only a year. I know parents who are going on two, three, five years and they still have not seen their grandchildren or it's extremely limited and it is so painful. We have to forgive and it's really hard when we're in the middle of it and things haven't been resolved yet, isn't it? I want to remind us that forgiveness is not based on a feeling though. Just like the love and care you gave to your child wasn't always based on a feeling, sometimes when our children are being really bad, we don't like them very much, right? But that doesn't mean we don't love them and we're not still committed to taking care of them. And forgiveness is the same way. It's not based on a feeling. It's based on a commitment and based on doing what is right and what we need to do for ourselves. In the first podcast, I talked about the book and it's now a movie called The Shack. I read that book several times before Becca died. Becca had that book and read it and loved it. And it tells a story of a man who has to deal with the murder of his young daughter. And I know it's controversial in the Christian world. I personally love that book. I have so many highlights and notes in that book of things that God used to speak to my heart. And it has continued after Becca died. But the part I want to share right now is that through a series of events, this man, Mac, is led to her body in a cave in the woods. And God has already started to deal with him with his unforgiveness and anger of the man who took his daughter's life. And as he's carrying her body, he occasionally mutters, I forgive you, I forgive you, I forgive you, because he has realized that it is a choice not based on his feelings, but based on his own needed healing to get past the anger and the bitterness that was just festering in him. Just like he did, and I know it's a novel, it's not a true story, but just like he did, we need to speak our forgiveness out loud. I totally believe that. And like I explained in last week's podcast, when we speak something, it's a lot different than when we think it. When we hear something, it's a lot different than just the thoughts in our head. And hearing something and speaking something out, for some reason, well, it's because God made it that way, the reality of it sets in and it speaks it into the atmosphere. It speaks truth out. And we need that. We need to speak the truth out loud, even if it's not how we feel. We let the forgiveness and the healing begin with our words, allowing the feelings to follow, and it's probably not going to be right away. Sometimes there's a release, but in most of our cases with the death of a child, it's gradually. But however it happens, we need to speak these things out loud. Once again, I have put a prayer together or words to speak out loud. I'm going to read these and just like I did last week, I'm going to read through this whole thing and then I'm going to read through it again so that you can repeat it after me out loud. You're going to start with their name, the person that you need to forgive the most on the way they have treated you in your grief. And you're going to say their name and then say, I choose to forgive you for how you have hurt me. I refuse to allow myself to continue being chained to you and dragged through the emotional mud by my own unforgiveness. This is not based on my feelings, but on my need to release myself from you and take a step toward my healing. So let's do this say their name out loud. And then I choose to forgive you for how you have hurt me. I refuse to allow myself to continue being chained to you and dragged through the emotional mud by my own unforgiveness. This is not based on my feelings but on my need to release myself from you and take a step toward my healing. Now, this is something that you're going to have to say over and over again, because like I said, forgiveness is a process when you have been deeply hurt and deeply wronged. And so I have put these together all the prayers that we're going to be sharing over these weeks, these words to speak out. I want to remind you that you can get this prayer and the others that I'm sharing in this series on forgiveness in our show notes. And that is at www.gpshope.org slash podcast slash three. Forgiving others is not easy and it isn't quick. It's a process, but it's a necessary one to move toward a place of healing. And when I say healing, I do not mean that this is all going to be behind you someday. But when I say moving towards your healing, healing to me means that you can function again, that you are not living in darkness and despair and hopelessness, but that you have come to a place where you can even live a life with purpose and and meaning again in a way that honors your child. And we will still have moments. We're gonna have grief triggers. We're gonna have days where we just fall back into that grief and we have to lean into it and feel the pain of our loss, but then we can come back out of it again and live again a life of hope and purpose and meaning. I wanna pray over us right now. Father God, I just lift up every parent who is listening. Lord, I pray that you would hold them in your arms in a way that they can feel your love and feel your peace in a way that doesn't make sense. Lord, even those who are angry at you, those who are pushing you away, Lord, I pray that your peace would just fall on them almost like a a blanket that wraps around them right now. Lord, your word says that your peace goes beyond our understanding. And this is definitely one of those times where your peace goes beyond our understanding. But I just pray that over each one. And Lord, help us to forgive those who have hurt us. Lord, we have been wounded deeply, some of us. Some of us are still being hurt deeply by those we love because they don't understand the pain, and the depth of our grief. And Lord, help us to forgive. We can't do it without you. Help us to make the choice to forgive and to say these prayers and to take the steps we need to take, whether we feel like it or not, Lord, because we don't want to stay in this place of anger and bitterness, Lord. It's just, it's eating us up inside. And so, Lord, help us to want to get back into the light, into a place of hope, and to want to live a life of meaning and purpose again, to even have hope that we can. Holy Spirit, be everything, everything that we need in our grief, in missing our child. And I thank you that you will do that for us, and you are doing it. And I pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now it is time to recognize any birthdays in the coming week. The first birthday is Patrick Keck. He is forever 23. His birthday is May 7th, which is actually today, if you're listening to the day that this podcast airs. So Patrick... A happy birthday in heaven. And then there is Sarah Wilbur. Her birthday is May 10th and she is forever 34. And this is the first year for her family to be without her. So we know what that's like. So just a special hug to all of you, your family from all of us, GPS Hope and, and fellow listeners. And Sarah, mm, celebrate heaven, right? We miss you, both of you, Patrick and Sarah, your families miss you. So those are the birthdays for this week. I would love to be able to share your child with our listeners the week of his or her birthday. Just go to the show notes, and you will find a link to click on to be able to send us the needed information so that I can add them to my list. Next week, we're going to be talking about forgiving your child. This is a needed discussion for those whose child died by suicide or overdose or by their own hand in some way, maybe like driving recklessly. So I hope you listen in. And if you know a grieving parent who might be interested in this topic, let them know about it. And in case you want to know where I'm speaking, I have several speaking engagements over the summer. You can find our events on our GPS Hope Facebook page. Just go to Facebook and type in GPS Hope and click on that. Be sure to like and follow the page while you're there and look at our event calendar or you can find our events on our website. There's a link to our events under the resources tab. Our website is www.gpshope.org You'll also see a tab there for our first GPS Hope and Healing Retreat in October. I am so excited about this. While you're on the website, I hope you look around. There's information there on other ways to connect with us, such as, like I said, the Facebook page. We have a YouTube channel. There's a lot of good and helpful things that you will find on the website. So go ahead and check us out there. Thank you so much for joining me today. Remember to see the show notes for a link to get the forgiveness prayers and to submit your child's birthday or to find the events, the URL is www.gpshope.org slash podcast slash three. This is Laura Deal closing out another week reminding you to hold on pain eases. There is hope.